We are speaking with uh, Motorheads and, of course, uh, the Scorpions, uh, Mickey D. And joining me, of course, is my co-host, Alan Niven. Uh, first of all, Alan, bonjour. How are you? Uh, très bien, merci. Yes, and, of course, uh, Mickey. Always, always a pleasure to talk to you. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm sitting at a restaurant here in Sweden because uh, I actually thought... The interview was two hours earlier, so I decided to <laughs> take the fam to Texas Longhorn and have a good steak, and then uh, I have to munch at the same time I'm talking to you, I guess. <laughs> well, that, that, that'll be fun. And yeah, they, uh, they gave me a whole bunch of different hours. They said it was at 1 p.m. Eastern, and then it was at 12.30 Eastern, and then it was at 12, and then it was at yeah. 1, and I was just like, just, just pick a time. <laughs> I had one at, at, at 10 o'clock Eastern time, which is four o'clock here and i never got a call at four so i figured all right well maybe it's maybe five then or maybe <laughs> and i was starving so no but that's so, okay it's no problem but we're we're in good company uh, just uh, just before we get started alan you must have of known mickey back in the day especially hanging around with don Dawkins. Uh, he was on that up for uh up from the ashes i should say album do you, up from the ashes yeah, yeah do, do you know uh, mickey at all have you have you hung out back in the day well, we certain we certainly didn't uh, burn any buildings down together, but of course I knew Mickey back in the day. Um, <laughs> a, apart from obviously sharing music and both knowing Don Dawkins and so on and so forth, um, we had sort of different tenuous connections in that Mickey is obviously from Sweden and I lived in Sweden for a while, so that was another link that we had between us. And... Uh, if I'm correct, I think uh, Mickey's now sitting in a city that I used to live in many, many years ago called uh, Gothenburg in English or Göteborg in Swedish. So, yeah, we connected. And the other, another connection I think we might share is that I know that Mickey D, apart from being one of the best drummers in rock and roll, is actually pretty damn nifty on a pair of skates with a hockey puck at his feet. He's a, he's a pretty damn good player. Yeah, you see? It's funny you're saying that, Alan, because I just came from a, a practice today. We, I, I play on Tuesdays and Thursdays out here in Gothenburg now. Yeah? Awesome. Yeah, you see, absolutely. Uh, as a Canadian in Montreal, this is the greatest news to know that Mickey D, Scorpion's Motorhead, plays hockey that's what i love to hear that's, that's oh, yeah. that is perfect i love playing hockey let, 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 me, well, let me it's 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 wait 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 wait. it's not just that he plays hockey he's good at it um <laughs> i remember seeing him play at the forum one time i can't remember oh, yes. what it was it was some some charity event i think but i came and watched yes. you play at the forum and uh you were hot it, it's it's this amazing thing that when I used to live out there, uh, Luke Robitaille from LA King. Yes, used lucky to put Luke. This, yeah, used to put this uh, game on every year. Uh, it was meant to be hockey, the pros that are out there for the summer and, and actors and musicians. So uh, it was a great, great, great thing to play on every year. It was so much fun and you know all the 
mega stars, and then you had you know all the Canadian actors and and you know Rocky from Suicidal Tendencies yeah. well, used to play and Michael J. And, Fox uh, was always there. Michael J. Uh, Mike Myers, you know, it was great fun to play uh, play to do that game, and I had the pleasure of being involved in that as well. So it was great. There you go, and 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 of course, our great Canadian in Montreal would have been Mats Naslin. That was like the hero back in those days. He's a he's a good friend of mine here. He lives down in Malmo. Oh, hey, there you go. And then we can talk about my yeah, Malmo experiences. Matt Matt Naslin is one of the greatest hockey players ever. But let's move away from hockey for a second. Let's quickly talk about Motorhead's Ace of Spades album. Now you've got this deluxe reissue, and if you're a Motorhead fan, you are just going to be it's mouth-watering. I mean, you've got live in Belfast in 1981. You've got live in Orleans in, in I mean, just the, the, and you've got uh, alternative versions and and uh, you know what am I looking at here? Alternative long performed by you got Bomber performed by Girl School. You've got a DVD. To, just talk to me first of all about this package and how involved were you in this? Did, did the record company come to you and just say, "Hey, we've got this. Uh, do some interviews," or did did you did you sit down and go through the material and help pick the material and 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 just talk to me about well, about the coming together of the box set? Yeah, well, both yes and no. I mean, we all agreed on doing something like this, and it's going to continue. I I believe with different anniversary records. And uh, this is Ace of Spades now. And uh, it was just, uh, there's so much material we can put on. <laughs> it's almost scary, you know, for, for the box set. There's a never-ending story there. So, you know, and, and it turned out to be a decent one. So to tell you the truth, I have not seen the absolute finished product yet. So I'm waiting to, to get it. How important is... Ace of Spades in the career of Motorhead, because when you look back and you hear the word Ace of Spades, even if you're not a, a Motorhead fan, you're just a rock fan, you hear that, it automatically conjures up an image. It automatically, you think of, of, of different uh, T-shirts you've seen and, and leather jackets. It It's become sort of part of the culture of hard rock and metal. Um, but what did that do for the band in terms of, of changing your, your outlook and changing the career path? Is it just like the seminal album, or was it just a fluke? How, how do you sort of take it into account? Well, you know, uh, let me used to say, it, at least we, we wrote a, a great song that's going to stick to you the rest of your career. You know what I mean? There's a lot of that that got famous on a shit, shit song, <laughs> basically. And then they have to play it. And, and, and the song is a space, and, and the album is such a classic cult record and and I remember when I first heard the album and, and I was like, wow, you know what, what is this? I can't say that I was hooked on it, but they opened up a, a, a can of worms that, worms that you couldn't, you never heard this before and with the attitude and, and everything goes with it it was just very, very new very, uh, very different you know? Oh yeah, very much so. Alan, let me uh, turn to you for a second. Obviously, you're you're you know you, you weren't managing Guns N' Roses at that time; they didn't exist. But when you're over at Greenwall and you're working with these bands and you hear this come out, what does Ace of Spades mean to you? And what did it mean in the marketplace coming from like a manager perspective? Well, 
thinking thinking of Lemmy, um, I mean, you're young guys, um, but my first sight of Lemmy was in a band called Hawkwind, and I loved the Hawkwind record, and I went down to a uh, small Wiltshire market town called Devizes because Hawkwind were going to play a place called the Corn Exchange. And I might have had a stimulated state of mind going to see Hawkwind, but I do have one clear visual memory apart from the music, and that's Lemmy giving Stacia um, some very intimate attention, to be delicate, on stage right, halfway through the gig. Um, so that's, that, that was my first visual of Lemmy. Um, and of course, you know, then in the, uh, in the 80s, there was a time that I remember we did a show with Motorhead, um, Armored Saint were opening, um, Great White and, and Motorhead at a place called the Pomona Valley Auditorium. And my lasting memory of that gig is Lemmy looking at me and going, yeah, what's, what's all this with the plastic armor? And then showing me a baggie of white powder that was huge and asking me if I wished to partake with him. And I remember looking at that baggie and thinking, if I do one line with Lemmy, I will not see the dawn. I will die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's, um, in terms of the drumming, because obviously you don't, you don't play on the album. When you're, you know, when you're, you're, you're in King Diamond, you hear this drumming, and then you have to start, you, you join the band, and you have to start playing these. Was the drumming very intricate? Was it very basic? How did you take to your style when you started playing these songs in terms of how did how did he do on the drums was was it the great style was it a perfect style is it something that you that you felt wow we you know just talk to me about sort of the the drum approach when you had to start playing these songs well you know first joined motorhead i i said it before and i say it again kind of i had two options he was either to be a tailor copy, basically, or uh, a replacement for him, kind of, or it was to bring me, myself, Mickey D, into Motorhead. And, and I choose, obviously, the, the second part of that, the second choice. Um, so I kind of went a little cocky and went out and said that I, I will change the music. I will change the style and I'm sure there was people out there that did not really enjoy it maybe but most of them did and I got very I got accepted very quick into the band but it was that time people kind of knew that Taylor was not really happening towards the end they had a lot of problems uh, with his playing and you know and here I came into the band uh, maybe a uh, new ideas, uh, fresh wind, you know, and, and we really did enjoy it. I, I kicked Phil, Versal, and Lemmy's ass, and they kicked my ass, you know. So together we the, were uh, kicking each other's buttocks, and and we moved forward as one unit. 
And I have the, to the really, last time uh, I, Sorry, sorry, Mick, no, I was sorry. just going to no, quickly no. interject. I was just going to yeah. quickly say, the last time I saw you play was with Motorhead in Phoenix on an Ozfest, and it was extremely okay. apparent that you were playing your own style. And at the end of the day, and I was with a couple of journalists, it was completely apparent to me that you and Motorhead were far and away the best band of the day. Wasn't even close. You would, you just oh. drove that band and you were totally on and you were complete, you owned the whole day. And as we left the gig, we just said, thank God Motorhead played today. Yeah, that's, that's good to hear because that's how we felt it too, you know, we, uh, we we really went out as a unit, and something happened when we went on stage. I, I don't know what it. I know a lot of bands say that as well, but something really did happen, and and I loved what Filthy did in the early days. I mean, he was so much rock and roll and so fun and great drummer. What he did, and and but he kind of you know he lost it in the, in the end a little bit. He lost. The interest of playing drums, the same phenomena that happened to Verso, our guitar player, that, that from one tour to the other did not enjoy touring, did not enjoy being in a band. And then, of course, your instrument's going to be, be uh, you know, the result will be that you play not that good. <laughs> and and you don't enjoy it, you, you can't be on the road. So that's what actually happened. And and as, you know, you have these hardcore guys go, oh, Filthy Animal, Taylor, Fast Eddie Clark. But Lemmy said, look, you know, if I would have stayed with these guys, the band would have been over years and years and years ago, you know. And uh, with us, we continued for, I mean, I, I had the privilege almost 25 years to play with Lemmy. So, and, and I felt that I made a difference. I felt that I added something to the band. Me and Phil and Lemmy wrote great songs together, and uh, and you know once you feel that warm, nice feeling that you are doing something good, it's not that hard to you love what you do, and and we just couldn't wait to get on stage all the time and and play. So you know then. It, Hopefully it sounds good, too. It, it does sound good. So let me just ask you this, then. Uh, extending that now over to the Scorpions, you come in, and I've seen you live with the Scorpions, and, and I think it's just phenomenal. There, there's, there is a, a re-energized band. The, the vigor and and the shows are, are, are almost metal, you know? I mean, they're, they're, they're just powerful. Do you come in with the same approach where, listen, I'm Mickey D, and this is what I do, and we're going to change these Scorpion songs, or... Are they a little bit more like, oh, yeah, you know what? We've got these really radio-friendly hits that the fans sort of want to hear this way. How has that been in terms of your style with the band? No, I, I, I think it's pretty much the same thing, but it, it's really up to me to, to read. There's a fine line. So it's up to me to read that line. Where, How far do I push this? Or is it enough or is it too much? I mean... Uh, after playing so many years, I think I have a decent eye and ear for where I can push or, or where I have to kind of lean back a little bit. And with with the Scorps, it's that's what it is. I, I like to put some more 
power into the to to the band, you know, because they are a hard rock band and they always been and then maybe the last couple of years they've gone a little softer and they just love the the show now because it's more powerful maybe more tighter and, and you know, just more fun to play. We look at each other and we smile for two and a half hours as we do the show and that's the way it should be, you know. I fully agree now, and I'll ask you this, because you've recorded three songs with the band that have been released, Follow Your Heart, Melrose Avenue, and Always uh, Be With You. Three ballads, three softer songs that were on a ballad compilation, and, and, I, and I thought to myself, wow, they, they've just had Mickey D of Motorhead join them, and the first, <laughs> the first thing we get is three ballads. But now, of course, you've been to Germany, you've been recording a new album. I don't know if it's finished or not, but you've certainly been working on it, you've been posting on it, it's been on the socials. Yeah. What yeah. was that like? Do, do do they come in and say, "Hey, we need to make another crazy world with a wind of change," and or is this like Mickey D and Scorpions Unleashed? What, what sort of the new sound on this now? Because we're not doing Follow Your Heart. I, I we're, we're not doing twelve Follow Your Hearts. I would imagine. Well, actually, yes. No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> Listen, I like the <laughs> that, song. That was, I'm fine. That, yeah. No, that, that was that was planned way way before. So that's why that happened and it was just a couple of songs being released and 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 they were more radio friendly songs yes the new album now we recorded live together i don't know when they did that last time you know the last motorhead record we did the same same way you know that magic is recorded live together me phil and lemmy and that's how we work in the studio right now and i can tell you there's going to be some great songs on this record. And these are really a lot, lot heavier than what I could even dream of. <laughs> so there's going to be a couple of really heavy ones. And I would say the album is going to be very wide. It'll, it'll, it'll include everything. But most of all, it's even a little vintage feeling on it, you know late 70s, going into 80s, you know, it's, yeah, I'm looking forward to finishing this record. Oh, I can't wait till it comes out. And, and I'll just ask you one more uh, Scorpions question, and we'll get back to Motorhead, but uh, Matthias or Matthias and Rudolph are a, a, a dynamic duo, and sometimes when we talk about dynamic duos in rock, you know, we'll talk about uh, Joe Perry and Brad Whitford, we'll talk about these other guys, and, and a lot of times we seem to ignore uh, you know, Shanker and Jabs, and to me, they're just phenomenal. What was it like for you as a drummer coming into this musical unit and having these two guys who sort of feed off each other perfectly? What what was that like playing with these guys and creating with these guys? No, it was it was it was great. It's fantastic actually because you know here again, I join I join a group, a band here that has played for 55 years, you know, and, and uh, they have all the routine in the world. They have all the, they know everything here, you know? So it's uh, as easy as it is to get into one of these kind of bands or relationships. It, it could, could be equally hard as well because, you know, they have their ways and I have my ways, but we really, really clicked right away. And, there's a mutual respect for ideas and and, and different ways of, of going. So 
he was fantastic. And I known Rudolph and Matthias and Klaus for for a long time. You know, we we ran into each other frequently on the road and stuff. So it, it just clicked, and I'm so glad that they actually, you know, thought about me when when they actually needed a drummer to step in because the same thing here. I personally feel that I'm making a difference here. You know, I can do something here. It's not they want Mickey D and then they want Mickey D to sound like some other drummer. They want me. And I can feel that. And and that's the way it should be. Uh, you know, and I'll say this from, from a fan perspective, because I'm an incredibly diehard uh, Scorpions fan, uh, and I love James. James to me is just terrific. And then they said, "Well, right. we're going to replace it with me." You know, we're going to replacing the drummer because James has his issues. And I was like, "Uh oh!" And then they picked you, and I went, "I went, oh, well, okay, I'm in." Uh, you know, had they just gotten some random guy from the L.A. scene or a new hot kid, I, I, I probably would have warmed up to him eventually. But when they said you, I went, "That's fucking perfect." Guy plays like a motherfucker. The guy is European, so they've got the whole thing. It's perfect. So, you know, kudos to them for making the right decision. You know, uh, absolutely perfect. Um, just real quick, in terms of, of Motorhead, now obviously the band is is no longer with Lemmy not being there, but do you see yourself at a, at a point where you might bring out the music and have an evening of Motorhead music with special guests to, to, to celebrate it? Or is the music of Motorhead live done and we'll just focus on these box sets and on, you know, documentaries and movies and other stuff? Or can you see yourself in three years going, yeah, you know what, let's just have, you know, 10 shows where we'll bring in, you know, whoever. And they'll, what what do you sort of think of the the future of Motorhead live music? Uh, Absolutely. You just nailed it right there. Uh, You know, let me pass. There was panic in the in the, in the hall, basically from all all angles. People are like, "Wow, wow!" Well, they need to put something together, and they need an authority. They need to to write some more songs anyway, and you know. And and me and Phil said, "Absolutely not," you know. But after some time has passed, we have no problem to to do a couple of great shows as as a tribute to Lemmy, you know, no, no one or nothing can ever replace Lemmy or Lemmy with Motorhead. It's like Rolling Stones, you know, Mick Jagger, for instance. It just doesn't work. And that's not the deal at all that we want to do. But to go out with some great musicians, maybe, they really like to put, uh, do a tribute to, to Motorhead and to play a Motorhead you know, it would be fantastic to do that. And then we give fans a choice. There's always going to be people going, you know, that sucks. You know, they can't do Motorhead without Lemmy. No, of course not. But that's not what we're going to be doing. This is not a, a continuation of Motorhead in any way, shape or form. This is, this is a tribute, a respectful tribute to to Lemmy, you know, the day we would do that. So I have absolutely no problem of, of doing that. And I, it would be great to do that. But sometimes need to pass before you even think about doing these kind of things, you know. Sometimes an artist might, you know, pass away. And then the next year, 
the band is out cranking out their songs. You know, it, it's just not right. You know, it, it should be some time in between there. And when the time is right, you can do it right. Then it's it's great. Yeah. And you give fans a choice, you know. Yeah, you see, I agree. And, and I'll even extend it to, uh, to Eddie Van Halen. You know, I would love to see Sammy and Dave and Wolfgang and not not next month, but, you know, in 2022, 2023, just say an evening of Van Halen music, a tribute. I would absolutely love that because I, I would love to see those songs again. And I would love to see his music on a stage again. And, and you know, I hope it happens. Uh, before we leave, I just want to ask uh, this real quick to Alan. Alan. In, um, in in the late 80s, early 90s, when Guns N' Roses went from Steven Adler over to Matt Sorm, why didn't you call Mickey D? <laughs> yeah, a, you know, wait, 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 stop right there. That is a really fucking good question. Yeah. And the best, and the best answer I can give to it was that Slash was driving the search and... I kind of had to go, well, you know, you're the guy up there on the stage and you're the guitar player. And, you know, I think most people comprehend this, you know, drummers drive bands, but drummers also particularly drive guitar players. There's a relationship between the drummer and the guitar player that is really, really profound. And, you know, and while I, while I, I think about it, that that gig I saw you at was not an Ozfest. It was a mayhem gig. My old oh, yeah. my old adult my old adult brain had forgotten, but um, perhaps perhaps you can understand this, and it's meant entirely as a compliment. But one of the things that impressed me about that gig and Mickey in particular is that Mickey plays like an American. He's not stiff. He's you know, so many drummers that come out of Europe are stiff and precise, but Mickey has got this really amazing driving fluidity to his playing that the last time I saw him, he drove that band brilliantly and it was the set of the day. It was far and away the coolest, most connective rock and roll of the whole day. And it comes from the back. It comes from the drummer. It really does, and, and I'm just sitting here going, just imagine Mickey D playing You Could Be Mine. Do you know how fucking cool that would be? I mean, holy shit. Uh, you know, anyway. I, I, have, I, have to say, I have to say thanks a lot, Alan. You know, that, that's really nice words from you. But I am no, so it's No, Mickey, so it's, glad. Mickey, it's not nice. It's simple observation. I'm merely yeah, an observer. I, I just have, you know, the ability to observe and, and observe accurately. And you are one of rock and roll's best drummers. You've got a fabulous feel to you. And when I say you drum like an American, I mean that in entirely as a, in the most complimentary way. Yeah, thank you very much. But personally, I'm so glad that Matt Storm actually did step in. Guns N' Roses, he's such a dear friend and such a, an amazing drummer as well. And it's funny, you know, that we haven't talked about that. He actually, you know, stepped in three weeks for me on a U.S. tour with Motorhead. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yes. The, 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 I'm trying and, to think when that was. That was in... Uh, no. I believe 2010, Yeah. I think. Because I went to the jungle 
on on kind oh, of a survivor. Right, that that uh, Australian yeah. show. Uh, um, I'm a I'm a yeah, celebrity. Yeah, Get me out of here. <laughs> yes, that's the one. <laughs> and Matt Sorum flew out to the East Coast. He came to Boston, I believe, and he was kind of kind of sit behind me for two three shows. And and it's funny because he's oh yeah you know he knew Lemmy he knew me he knew all of us and he thought this is gonna be great and I said Matt this is gonna be fucking hell for you uh, but you know pay attention here and I I wrote a list for him where he should you know save energy and where he should, could push it and what's going on on stage and then I left and when I came back to Canada three weeks later. To Calgary, Matt was gone then, and the crew was just laughing. They go, "Oh my God, he has such a hard, hard work ahead of him. He, he had no idea what he gave, what he put himself through, you know. But he did it, and he did it brilliantly. Uh, I'm so glad that he did. And I know Matt really loved that time. You see, I can, so he yeah, happy that he did. I, I will. I will make one comment there, Mickey. You have better hands than Matt. Matt, to me, is a little two-dimensional, two and he doesn't quite have your touch. You have better hands. But we love Matt. He's a great guy. We love Matt. We love Matt, he, but we should have he, had Mickey. He, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. It, it would have been great. You know, it would have been great. I'm just, by the way, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm fascinated on the phone call you make to management when you say to them, listen, I know we have a tour, but I'm going to go for into a jungle for two. No, don't worry. I'm going to be in a jungle for two weeks. Forget the tour. I'll, like, did they did they sort of say, dude, you're nuts. What, are you, <laughs> what was that call no, I, like? Yeah, I, no, I, I got the request to do this, and I, and I brought it up to the band. And uh, I said, I really want to do this because... I was going to be gone for almost a month. And I said, it's like a test, if you will. You know, or you don't know how you're going to be out there in, in the Malaysian jungle, if you can even do this. And, and I said, I need your blessing here, Lemmy and Phil. You know, what do you think? I mean, if you absolutely don't want me to, to do it, you tell me. And I won't do it because we are booked on a U.S. tour. So obviously I'm not going to leave the tour if you don't want me but he said no Mickey we, we think you should do this uh, if you really want to do it we try to figure out someone to, to replace you for those weeks you know and so they helped me a lot and they actually kept bringing me bucks in my dressing room from that moment on and they said you need to start training on eating bugs and shit so I had bugs in my dressing room every time I showed up at the show you know it was terrible. <laughs> oh, that's, that, that is hilarious. Uh, anyway, on, on that, I will remind the folks that the Ace of Spades uh, Deluxe Edition box set comes out later this month. Uh, Alan, uh, always a pleasure. We'll do a talk up later. But, uh, Mickey, this this is great. I mean, uh, you and I, I don't know if you remember, but we've met a bunch of times. You were on, a, on tour with Megadeth, yeah, yeah, with the yeah, Scorpions. Uh, where were we? The last Scorpions tour was in uh, Laval, Quebec. That's the last time we, uh, we, we, we got to meet. You had a friend out there... Um, uh, from a, he owns a bar in Vancouver. Um, forgetting. His oh name. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ashi, Ashi yes. at the Loose Moose. Yes, yeah. yes. Ashi, he he, Ashi. he was there, Ashi. and you had hung out, and then uh, Ashi is yes. is great, and he's got hockey tickets for all the time, which is even better. Yeah, yeah. He's he's even more uh, hockey nuts than I am, you know. But he's great. 
Oh, I've well, him a lot now. one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. I'm just an absolute gem. Mm -hmm. uh, there you go. But uh, th th thank you. Uh, in enjoy the rest of your lunch. And uh, Alan, any last words? Yeah, it was a pleasure to hear your voice again, Mickey. Oh, thanks. Same to you, Alan. Uh, it's been so long since I actually ran into you. And, uh, you know, hopefully we, we, we uh, cross roads soon. Take my number well, and, uh, you know. I'm in Arizona. I'm in Arizona. Next time in, right. you're in Phoenix, I will drive off my mountain and come down and see you. It would be a pleasure. That sounds great. Yeah, let me know how to get all the and, and let's hook up. Yeah, what I, what I can do is I'll, I'll, I'll pass this phone number over to Alan and you can connect. And, and, and Alan, you're going to be in for Perfect. a treat. You get to see Mickey and you get to see the scorpions. It's like a night of heaven. It really is. It is they're amazing. Yes. They're amazing. Yeah. And the so and the, consist, so consistently good. That it's, it's funny how how after I joined I remember I think it was Rudolph saying, you know, uh oh Mickey, I, I thought we would get the new engine with you, but I think we got the whole new car. <laughs> so no, but I'm telling like you, uh, listen, I'm going to stand back and be a complete fanboy for a second, but you go to the shows now, and this is no disrespect to James or anybody. This is only a compliment. There was a renewed energy and a renewed vigor. I saw that show, and I was like, oh, my God, how is this going to work? The guy from Motorhead with it is going to – and they're just – it's fantastic. It's, it's like the band was 35 years old again. It's just, it's a whole, it's a kick in the ass, like a major kick in the ass. And I think that's because Mickey's there driving the engine. And I think the band just is excited that they have an, exactly. this guy. That, that's what I was talking about a little bit earlier, is that, you know, that we all, we all click so well that we look at each other and we laugh on stage. We have fun on stage. Everybody got that energy back and, you know, I came from pretty tough times in the end there with Motorhead. We, we struggled pretty hard. And it was not an easy easy time to tour when Lemmy was sick. And, and here I jump on stage and I got the same, you know, kick in my ass. So it, it, it really did work out well. And I know the boys are feeling the same way as I do. So it... it Obviously, it turns into a good show, and we all yes. give 150 percent there. And, and I will say this: the last last word is the bands, the Scorpions, had done a farewell tour. They did the um, what was the album? Return to Forever in 2015, and they said we're done. And then you read, we're in the studio with Mickey D making a new album. And you went, ah, hallelujah! They're not done, and it's <laughs> it's just like yes. So we need we need three or four Mickeys in that band. Let's keep it going for another fifteen years. And on that, yeah. uh, as long as everybody has their health, which they have, and including myself, this band is going to keep keep rolling because now we have such a good time out there on the road, and and no one no one is even thinking about hanging up their instruments, you know, because good. we have too much fun out there. Don't be be like Chuck Berry and BB King and the Rolling Stones. Just you keep going until you can't, and that's you know be ninety exactly. on stage. I'll I'll be fine to see Rocky like a hurricane when I'm seventy five. I'm fine. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, good, perfect. 
Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. And Alan, uh, as always, uh, a pleasure. And I will send you that information in a second. Merci, as we say in Montreal. Thank you. Hey, do. Hey, do. Hey, do. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye, guys. Tech. Bye.